welcome back to the Natillic Podcast. My name is Rob Thor, and in this episode, we're discussing the topic of mental well-being. The Office for National Statistics published a report last year that revealed the social impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, reporting that nearly 20% of adults suffered from depression, and that the average life satisfaction in the UK is at an all-time low. The response across the world has fortunately seen a heightened awareness of these challenges, combined with accelerated action. I sat down with three of Natillic's mental wellbeing community to discuss the challenges being experienced by people of all walks of life, such as the stigma surrounding speaking out about mental health. We also touch on some of the support that's out there to help manage and overcome stress, mental pressure and burnout. And then we take a look at what Natillic's mental wellbeing community is doing to support pertinent causes and the Natillic team on this episode of the Natillic Podcast. Hello to you, listener. So the summer is in full swing and we've got a brilliant panel of guests to talk to you today about another very important topic that is mental well-being. I'm joined once again by Charlotte Page. Good to have you back, Charlotte. Yeah, good to be back. Welcome, welcome. And we've also got the lovely Nicola Brewbank on board for her first pod. Hello, Nicola. Hello, looking forward to this. Yeah. And also delighted to welcome James Hinton for his podcast debut as well. Welcome aboard, James. Horrible. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, good to have you aboard. Thanks, guys. So I've invited the three of you along today to talk about your community at Natillic, which is tackling a huge subject that has been even more pertinent, I would say, in the wake of the, the global pandemic and, and going through that. So we're going to get to know you a little bit before we dive into the topic itself and the great work that you've been doing. So Charlotte, as the community leader, I'm going to come to you first for an introduction. So last time you joined us, we had a little bit of uh, a look into what you do in your day job, shall we say. So could you tell us a little bit more about your role as leader of the Natillic Mental Wellbeing Community and why is mental wellbeing important to you? Yeah, of course. So, um, as my so my day role is part of the people team. So I'm a, a people services manager, and obviously, as she said, I am the leader of the mental wellbeing community as well. So, um, we kind of created the community just before Christmas last year. Um, what we decided to do was open it out to the whole business and ask people if they wanted to join the kind of steering committee, if you will. And um, we we had a great response. There's eight. There were eight of us. Um, originally I think yeah I think there's still eight actually because we had a couple of people change around but um, yeah and they've, they've ranged from all through the business as well so from kind of entry-level roles up to MDs across all the different BUs and it, it gives a really great feedback to be able to know kind of what's right for everyone in the business obviously we kind of we run from what what people want essentially so and kind of getting the feel of what's happening so why is mental health important to me um I mean to be honest that there's a lot of different reasons um people in my family have suffered from mental health and my my niece suffers from quite severe anxiety things like that um I myself have suffered with um kind of a a mental health challenge I, I guess I'd call it so Kind of about 18 months ago, I was just generally really unhappy, um, mainly due to the work that I was in at that time. Um, different reasons for it, but um, kind of probably similar story that I didn't really speak to anyone about it. Um, my family and my, my partner, like, that we're not overly kind of emotionally friendly, I guess is what you would call it. So they knew I was unhappy. They didn't realise quite how unhappy I was. Um 
and because I, I never shared it I never kind of showed it to them and it had just kind of reached a bit of a peak and by that point we were then on I, well, I was on furlough um I eventually kind of got made redundant but to be honest lockdown for me was brilliant um it just gave me that headspace to sort myself out basically so um I kind of recognized in myself that I had a, a there was a problem and I just yeah I, I just did a lot of different things so um with furlough I was going out walking every day I like taken up running again I was probably the only person in lockdown to actually start going to the gym um yeah just like loads of different things and it all contributed and helped me and then in terms of work as well I realized that I'm a people person the people profession is HR so I use my redundancy money to get to um pay for my CIPD which is my HR qualification and then yeah I was a couple months later I was at Natillic I I was super lucky and for me it's it's one of those things isn't it like you say mental health challenge but for me a challenge isn't necessarily a negative it can actually be positive as well because when you do a challenge like people think of kind of an ultra marathon or like a 24-hour bakeathon or something like that it's hard going during it but then afterwards you you kind of build up that resilience and there's usually some positives that come out of it and I, I don't want to trivialize kind of mental health issues at all by saying that it's more that I think obviously some things are ongoing as well for different people but there are there can be positives to it as well so I think that's just something to be aware of and again like for me just the important thing is to recognize it in yourself but to recognize how you can get yourself out of it as well is just really having that self-reflection yeah that's a really powerful story and it's also nice to hear someone you don't really hear that much people talking about lockdown and spinning it around as a positive and using it for self-improvement so that's um it's quite inspiring i really i really really like that thank you for sharing yeah that's brilliant because it's not it's not always easy for people to to talk about mental well-being i think we'll come on to that a little bit but um i was also encouraged i think when when you did the introduction to the community just the amount of people that turned up the amount of people that showed an interest and just the amount of people that were willing to speak out so yeah it was really good and um speaking of which so Nicola I know you're not only a prominent member of the general Natillic social community but um play a big part in defining some of the goals as well as the general purpose of the mental well-being community so can you talk to us a little bit about you and why mental well-being is something that's important to you and your role that you've played in in the community so far? Sure. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Um, So I'm Nicola. I'm the leader of the client success team in the London Enterprise Business Unit at Natillic. Um, I've been with the organisation just over three years. Um, My people's happiness is extremely important to me. um, And and that's one of my main motivations for being part of the mental wellbeing community. I kind of am part of the steer group um, of that, helping Charlotte and the rest of the team. Um, I look after a team of three people over three different functions, which, you know, as you can imagine, has many challenges, which we overcome together. Um, And considering mental well-being is a big part of that. Um, So why is mental well-being important to me? Um, So it's been classed as the next and current pandemic um, before the now more more popular COVID pandemic um, and it's affecting more of us as, as we go through time whether this is through acceptance awareness promotion or education um, you know that that's not important um, it's it's there and we can't ignore it there's consistently and increasingly more pressure on us as individuals both in our professional and 
personal communities to to do more, be more, go further, perform faster, um, stronger, higher and more efficiency, um, as in some ways we're programmed to do by nature, right? But what is this doing to us as individuals? Um, we've evolved technologically faster than our human brains. And although we're powerful, we sadly aren't robots yet. And we have the same mental capacity that we did thousands of years ago. Um, and we just can't keep up with the outside pressures. As a business, we have to maintain a duty of care for our people whilst at the same time being grounded as a profitable organisation. We sadly can't be medically trained or equipped for this based on the organisation type that we are. Um, but we can make every effort to ensure that we have as much as possible in place to facilitate the highest level of support for our people. Um, it doesn't matter to me whether you choose to talk to your leader, peer, people, team, representative, stress counsellor, financial advisor, healthcare within work or you know any of your options outside of work. And the takeaway message is that you do talk. Um, even if you feel as though your troubles are trivial, they, they never are and, and they're always valid. Um, you'll be amazed at the difference just by talking and sharing your struggles with somebody, anybody can make if you haven't made that brave leap yet. As a leader yeah. myself, I, I always try and encourage my people to talk. And that, that doesn't have to be me. It can be anybody. Just just don't be sad or stressed or suffer in silence. Yes, we're all here to do a job and do the best we can at that job. But we can't do that if we're troubled um, in whatever way that might be. Um I'm looking forward to seeing where Natilic can go with our mental wellbeing support for our people in the mental wellbeing community. To me, it's already an organisation that's further along this journey than anywhere else I've worked. And it makes me just so proud to be able to say that. Just look at what we've done in the, in, in the last year alone. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail a bit yeah. later on. Yeah, we will. We will. And well said. Very well said. There's a lot of, um, I'd like to unpack a lot of that there. I mean, uh, the only thing I'd probably draw exception to is the end goal being becoming robots. I'd like to avoid that if possible. <laughs> I'd like to maintain a humanity while we still can. But... Just from an efficiency point of view, maybe. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, James, you've been waiting patiently there. Um, I'm going to bring you into the conversation. What, what's your role at, at Natilic? And and I'll ask the same question again, just uh, for consistency. But why is why is mental well-being part uh, sort of important important to you as part of your role? Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Um, yeah, so I uh, work as the managing architect within the commercial business unit um, at Natilic. So I lead the design team. So there's a group uh, of six people that work in my team and I'm responsible for uh, our go-to-market proposition. Um, I came into leadership about uh, 12 months ago and, and one of the things that I quickly realised for myself in leadership was it was really important to be on top of my own mental health um, to acknowledge whether I was talking about my own mental health, um, you know, and taking that seriously. And it was a bit of a defining moment for me. And it's one of the reasons why I decided to get involved into the mental health community, which is really to gain a better understanding of mental health in general, but also to contribute towards growing positive mental health. Yeah. I was had, I think, um, James, I think there's been a lot of crossover with our roles at Natilic certainly in the last year or so since I moved into my, my new role. So I've spoken to you quite a few times about how we've kind of dealt both, both dealt with our own challenges of mental health over the, the pandemic, whether that be, you know, burnout, general feeling of isolation, especially in some of those kind of darker winter months. But um, something that I found in my experience that would be, I think, unfortunately, maybe not quite as common for us males to speak up about things. Has your experience 
um, as a leader, Natalik, and a member of this community. How's, how's that been for you? I'd probably reach that out to everyone else, but I'll come to you first, James, as, a, as the fellow male on the call. Well, I think first off, I'd like to say I'm not a mental well-being professional. I, I just sort of caveat that. And uh, I don't yeah. I don't claim to have yeah. the perfect approach to ensuring positive mental well-being. So, uh, but I, th- I just think sometimes it's really easy just to plow on with stuff um, in life and not really take time to breathe. Um, you know, it's good to it is good to acknowledge that everything isn't always going to be fine. Uh, and sometimes you will have periods in your life where you don't understand why you feel a certain way. Um, and I think for me, I've come to realize that that's okay. That's just being part of human. Um, yeah, per- personally had challenges with my own mental well-being in the past. Um, you know, sometimes I could see that coming and sometimes I couldn't. Um, you know, I've, I've had experiences of anxiety, for instance, and certainly over the course of the last 18 months of the pandemic, I think I can look back at that and see times where I felt fantastic. I felt great. Everything was going well. Uh, but I think every now and again, um, as you mentioned, Robbie, you know, there'd be low periods where you'd, uh, you know, struggle, you know, struggle mentally. Um, I think, I think, you know, you mentioned it, I think acknowledging challenges with your mental health and talking about it is, is really helpful. And as soon as I realised that, um, and it helped me because uh, I realised there were people around me that, you know, had the same kinds of challenges. And it just, to, to Nicola's point, just come back to, it's kind of talking about it um and i think in leadership it's really important to provide opportunities to get alongside people and give them your time and to listen and to build trust you know treating people as individuals and really getting to know them but also as a leader sharing a bit about yourself um you know creating opportunities for people to share if they want to is really important i mean you can't make people tell you how they feel but you can obviously foster kind of an environment which enables people to step forward if they want to share how they're feeling. Yeah, I feel that's really important. I think I used to, um, I think I used to be in being the same kind of business unit as you, James. I know when I struggled myself, I think especially having worked in a sales role, which can be um, extremely pressured from 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 my experience. I guess over the last ten years in working in those roles, and I think it took me a long time to kind of decide that it would be a good idea to just, just speak to my leader and just explain, you know, I'm feeling burnt out. I'm feeling kind of anxious and just see where it goes from there really. And I think as far as, as hard as I found that first step to take, I think it definitely felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders when I actually came to that person and said, you know, is there anything that I can do here? Is there anything you can do to help? And, you know, it's, it was, uh, I mean, I've no problems in calling out who it was. I mean, it was Al, Al Rudman at the time. who was my, my, my leader and um, just setting out some simple steps to work towards improving the situation. I realized again, how important it was just to speak to someone else, lay all these things out. And all of a sudden they feel felt trivial and very solvable problems. So, um, you know, it's not a, it's not particularly a story that's that that different to probably a lot of things that other people are going through. But I'd say for that reason exactly, it's why I would encourage people to just speak out. And like like you said, Nicola, you said it quite well, whether it be a leader or um yeah. Yeah. you know, some of the services that are out there to support people, um just 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 speak to someone. Mm, I think um, you're you're totally right. A huge, mm. huge and key turning point in you know mental well being journey is accepting and having that first conversation and it, it it's so overwhelming sometimes you've got to be so brave to do it that first time and once you've done it there's that huge sigh of relief um 
and I would hope that if you know if if, if that person is a leader at Antillic, it's not you know we would be very open and accepting to that conversation. And just going back to what Jane said as well, actually, is is something that I asked myself um, a while ago: is how can I expect my people to come to me with their kind of you know deepest feelings and concerns if I'm not willing to share? with them myself um yeah and and you know when, when appropriate of course I, I have done and as a team it, it makes us stronger because we can empathize with each other yeah 100 percent, 100 um i think that probably tra- transitions us quite smoothly into um what i wanted to discuss next which was kind of some of the activity that you guys have been doing as part of the the community so um I've obviously seen it. I think um, it's been quite impressive just the amount of stuff that you guys have done, certainly um, in such a short period of time. So, um, Charlotte, I'm just going to come back to you. What, what, what have been some of the things that you've worked on, put in place in your first year as a community? Um, yeah, so we, we've done a few different bits, actually kind of building on from what you were just saying about one of our things during Mental Health Week in May. We, um, again, kind of opened it up to the company and asked people to share their mental health stories. So, um, it could have been absolutely anything, anything that they felt was um, kind of personal t- to them. We did it anonymously as well. So people like obviously there wasn't any kind of form of stigma, which we didn't want to have anyway. But obviously they could put their name onto it if they wanted to. And it was actually really successful. We had so much great feedback thanking us for um, kind of getting people to share those stories. But it was just to demonstrate that there are a lot of people like that mental health does affect and you obviously like it's not the same as physical health is it you can't see that you can see someone's got a broken leg but you can't see what they're going through if they're suffering from anxiety or anything else like that so and again as well everyone's completely different in how they handle it so and and the remedy for it as well so it was really good just kind of emphasize those key points from that but um other things that we've done as well so uh, we did a step campaign, so getting back into to nature, step into spring. So we um, gave a target of 25 million steps across the company. Um, and if we did that, then we made a donation to Mind. Um, we, we got just over 26 million, I think, as the whole company. So um, that was really great. And um, I suppose the kind of ideas, I mean, I, I kind of listen to podcasts and things like that on mental health, but there are things that also help me personally, Um so again, kind of similar, I suppose, to, to you guys, I, I've had like different challenges in the past. And I think for me, that the most important thing is actually recognising that that is happening. As you say, everyone has bad days. Um, everyone's seen that meme, like, it's okay not to be okay. I think that's gone around numerous times during the pandemic. Yeah. But it's just more, yeah, if you are having that bad day, what can draw you out of that? And for me personally, that's kind of exercise, that's going for a walk outside. And I suppose that's kind of where some of the inspirations come from. So at the moment, we've got a photography competition, kind of getting back into nature, um, anything. It could be in, in your back garden or it could be going out for a walk, anything like that. Um, and then kind of we're saying that kind of the winning photograph will be hung in, in our new office. And obviously that'll be a really nice talking point when our clients come in. We can say, oh, where does that come from? We can talk about mental health and actually kind of spread about it that way as well. Yeah, that's great. And and I guess referring back to your uh, the, the first part about, again, invisible um, ailments, so to speak, I mean, that's that's kind of something that's even further exacerbated by the fact that we're all remote, right? And people literally, sometimes it's quite easy to kind of just feel like you're just sat there on your own. So I like that you guys have 
thought of creative ways to kind of get people sharing and just encourage people to get involved in those community activities and things like that. Um, because again, that's just makes it, it kind of reinforces the sense of community maybe that we've um, somewhat lost by not being able to just get everyone in a room again and just, um, you know, touch and feel each other. And which makes it sound very inappropriate. I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and actually be with each other. Might have, to, might have to edit that bit out, Rob. The physical presence is what I mean. It's just important, I think. Actually, being with each other is um, is really, really missed. Certainly from me, at least. Anyway, um, maybe maybe a bit mm. too needy there. <laughs> um, but yeah, really getting stuff done either way. I think, which is great. So, um, well, I think I think we've touched on quite a few bits there. Um, the one thing I guess just to talk about that maybe we haven't talked about would be um, what's next for the community. Now, I know um, we had uh, the initiative with our recent sort of company awards where um, you guys nominated a charity as well. So I'm guessing there's some more work to be done there as well. It might be worth quickly talking about the charity too and then um, just any other initiatives and what, what's next for the community. So, yeah, as, as part of the, um, when we did Mental Health Week and we had, um, we, we asked people about kind of their mental health stories, part of that as well was to nominate a mental health charity that was close to them. So as a community, we wanted a charity that was close to our people and Young Minds was one that came up. We had about three or four kind of um, nominations. And then as a community, we we chose which one uh, that we wanted to support. And Young Minds was the, the one that came through. I think that kind of just proves how important it is for mental health, especially with, with younger people. I mean, obviously, it's important for everyone. Don't get me wrong. But as Nicholas said, there's so much pressure on everyone nowadays, and especially on young people to perform with and social media and things like that. So... Hopefully it will go towards, obviously, um, some, some great causes in helping young people with their mental health. Yeah, it's good to see. And there was, yeah, tons of, tons of support for uh, for Young Minds as well from what I've uh, seen so far. So that's great. From a future initiatives perspective, I know that we're looking um, into leadership training so that we're, you know, we're better equipped to support our people and can do so confidently. Uh, Charlotte mentioned earlier, and you know, you touched on it, that this is an invisible illness. You can't, you can't see it like you can a broken leg. So one of the parts of that um, I think we'll focus on is how to spot the signs of someone who may be struggling, especially if we're all remote, because you, you can't see if somebody's sitting there with their head in their hands or a smile on their face for, for most most of the time. Um, I think as well, we might it would be good if we had some more inspirational speakers along a part of our mental wellbeing week. We had a Paralympian come and forgive me, I, I, I can't remember her name, but she, she was totally inspiring. Um, so I think we'll do more of those. Yeah, her, her name was Emma Wiggs, just there for the question. Oh, that's it. Yeah, she was pretty amazing. <laughs> she was, yeah, great. No, no, it's really good to see, really good to see. So, um I think it's been brilliant speaking to you all today. I think um, I'm really looking forward to watching you continue to develop as a community and um, and do great things. Hopefully, we'll have you on the pod again soon. You've all been absolutely great. Um, but until then, Charlotte, Nicola, James, thank you for your time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to NatChat, the Natalik podcast. Please subscribe to the Natalik podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a review while you're there. It really helps us improve and grow the show. Please note that opinions expressed on the Natilic podcast are those of the hosts or our guests, not the organisations that they represent. You can find more information on Natilic on our website, that's natilic.com. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Natilic Group, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. Our theme music was provided by Dan Shaw, who you can find at Danza, that's D-A-N-Z-R, on music streaming services. This is Rob Thor, and thanks again for listening.